Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey, what's up? This is Devin, and I'm sitting here with Erica. And we have some news that we want to share with you today that was recently announced at one of our KQED news meetings. So without further ado, I want to announce that your our new managing editor is Vinny Tong. Our editor, Vinny Tong, who has helped us produce the show since we officially launched back in March, is now KQED's managing editor. And we're just thrilled Vinny got this job. But we are sad to see her go. Yeah, I just can't stop giving her hugs. So today we're going to give our editor an exit interview. I'm Devin Kadiyama. And I'm Erica Aguilar. Welcome to The Bay. Let me just start by saying, well, thank you for the time that you spent with us. I think we'll get into a little bit about the impact that we we feel like you have, that you had on the show, um, and then some of our feelings because we like that here at the Bay. We're a feeling type mm. of group. Um, but so at the the news meeting where they announced that you were the new managing editor for KQED, you you talked a little bit about how you see the news, and I was hoping you could share with us some of that. I mean, when it comes down to it, and I think this, I hope this is reflected in some of what the Bay has done so far. I'm a woman of color, right? So the way that I walk through the world and the way that people react to me is somewhat related to that. You can't change how you look. And so all you can do is change how you react to the way other people are reacting to you. And I would say that earlier in my career, I found it a lot harder to understand how to incorporate my perspective in my work as a journalist. I don't think that perspective is always necessarily included, Mm -hmm. but I think that when it um, does touch on topics of race and gender and the power dynamics that come with those things, I now feel that it's part of my responsibility to bring my personal perspective to help understand what's happening. Do you mean your responsibility as like a woman of color or do you mean it as a a journalist? Both. Um, I see it as being sort of journalistically unsound to approach a story, to see that race may have a role there, to see that gender issues may have a role there and to walk around that. Um, I also feel that as a woman, there's just a, a power dynamic in the world 
if you start looking for it or if you kind of examine the power structure and then start to examine the interactions, like you just see it. It's very clear. So I would say both. In terms of the work, when I think of like my lens and the the impact that you've brought to the Bay and, and the kind of the world that you opened up for me, how long did it take you to realize your perspective is valuable mm-hmm. in terms of the work that you're putting out? Mm-hmm. There was definitely a time in my career when I would approach stories and my identity would never come up. It wasn't a thing I thought about. It wasn't a thing that played a role in my story. I would do my reporting work. I would publish the story and done, right? I would say that one really pivotal thing that happened to me was that Holly Kernan, our chief content officer, in 2015, she asked me to help produce or, you know, coordinate and lead and produce a special series called Truth Be Told. We ended up doing um, a series of live shows and then a series of pre-produced shows, and they all focused on race and identity. Some people come to learning about issues of race and that power dynamic at an earlier time in their life. For me, it was not that long ago. There's racism that we refer to as one-on-one between people saying something against another group. Like very direct and specific instances where like you're called a very bad name or something. Exactly. It feels like something emotionally charged, right? But racism is really actually a systemic choice that plays out in all different ways in all different parts of our lives. Once I started to read and understand the structural nature of racism, then for me, it became very obvious that it was something that needed to be applied to my work and that without it, it's like as though you were ignoring an entire piece of context in your story. It's as though you were going to cover a crime scene and you just decided to not interview one of the cops who was the key players in it. So I think it's very clear that if you are intellectually aggressive about pursuing what structural racism is and what it's meant in our culture, then as a journalist, I think you would maybe start to see that it's difficult to ignore in in more and more stories. I want to say that the Bay is very reflective of your lens. Like, it's got your thumbprints all over it. And I'm going to miss having the the editorial leadership that you bring to our podcast, but also the um, support and encouragement to think about ideas that I think in my career, I was not encouraged to think about, but almost suppress. Uh, So that's been nice at the Bay where we can talk about how we experience the news in a lens that's less sterile. I mean, I was going to say that about you guys. What? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Bay has been a place where ideas that I might have or things that might interest me that I might be nervous to tell someone else about that I sort of just like blurt them out and then we talk about them and sometimes they become a real thing. And that's like really, really exciting as someone who makes stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I feel like there's times when you've just blurted out stuff and we've ran with it and their conversation was with like thinkers, basically, people who are putting out these ideas that we can talk about and actually have a conversation about. And there's several episodes that have your name written all over them. I'm thinking of Salejo as, as the one of the more recent ones. That was who's a good the, interview uh, about San Francisco Chronicle's new uh, food critic. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm of a firm belief that if you bring context to the things that we consume, you know, the things that are right in front of us, you can learn so much about where we are in society and in, you know, this particular time and this particular place. Things like labor conditions and gender relationships, all of these hierarchical things that are just hidden beneath the surface. Interesting conversation about some of the stuff that you're talking about, about these little lenses or these little changes that we can make as journalists, as writers, that change it just enough so that you you better understand where your food comes from. Some of these deeper, some systemic racist issues that exist, trying to undo some of those just in very little ways. Yeah, yeah she made a great point. I think that when you um, sort of unother the other, it, it doesn't always look like this big sweeping change. She was talking about it as like, little tweaks. But what she's really talking about is sort of decentering whiteness mm-hmm. and have an impact on, on how much your listener feels included. One of those instances I remember was in 2018 when um, Stefan Clark was shot and killed by police. The righteous black rage that you see exploding on the streets of Sacramento is like what exploded in the streets uh, in Ferguson, what exploded in the streets in Baltimore, what exploded in the streets here in Oakland. I was like, we have to cover this. Having been a criminal justice reporter for a while and covering police, seeing it through this lens for so long, but it wasn't quite like the Bay Area that was happening, I think, in Sacramento. Sacramento, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I felt moved by people. And I was like, no, this is so important. We have to do it. And you were like, yeah. I believe in that idea, and we're going to go with that. And I was like, oh, my God, somebody somebody's paying attention and gets it, or at least trusts me enough to say that this was an important topic, not just for Sacramento, but for the Bay Area and the rest of California, honestly. Yeah. No, I, I, I've never personally seen someone, a, a, a family member, shut down a city council member and jump on top of a city council diet. Stefan Clark! Stefan Clark! You know, one of the things I'm really going to miss is that I think the three of us found some sort of dynamic where we all feel comfortable to be, you know how you have like your your personal self and you have your work self? Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like in the Bay Room, I'm like my work self plus. Oh, and I I don't know. I just think I get to, I, I feel like I can be honest with you guys. And I think that that honesty bleeds over into like our ideating about stories and what we think is really interesting or what we think is really happening. Um, And, you know, a lot of the context that we put around stories, I feel like, can be the most important part. And so Mm -hmm. just being able to openly share those ideas is really important. I think like moving forward, one of the things, I don't know, maybe I should broker this deal with y'all now. (laughs) Let's do it. What you got? What you laying on the table? I think one of the things that we should start looking at more at the Bay is economic inclusion. Mm -hmm. And I I say that because I feel like an expert on poverty and wealth at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's a weird place to be because I grew up poor. And and now I feel personally, I feel wealthy because, well, heck, back with what I had was nothing. (laughs) So when you got something, it's amazing. (laughs) Maybe that's a discussion more about like class and our economic divide, who's winning, who's losing, who has things, who doesn't. I think that's a wonderful idea. 
and I expect a lot more pitches from you <laughs> to get those stories on the air. But that's that's I think that's wonderful. And I just want to say one of my favorite episodes was when you, me, and Ricky Yen were talking about Crazy Rich Asians. You know, I'm half Japanese, but I I feel like a lot of people couldn't tell that if it weren't for the last name Katayama. And so I, I kind of thought of myself as, as white, and I tried to be a, as white as possible. I, th- I think for this reason, it's almost easier to just be white, right? Like, I think you know exactly what to do when you're, when you're trying to be white. You get to have the, 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 the option of being white. And I, th- yeah. I think you, you might have chosen it mm-hmm. um, because it's easier. We got a lot of good feedback on that because it was, we all came from different perspectives and different lives. And we were talking about something very similar, being Asian, that's wide. But like, I don't know, people really appreciated the honesty. And I think that's something I would like to do a lot more personally on the show too, going forward. So we got work to do. We got work to do. And we had a great start because we had you, Vinny. So thank you so much. We're really excited. Mm. I'm a little sad to share you with everybody, but I'll. I'll (laughs) I'll do it. Brian Watts says you can handle it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Vinny. We love you. Thank you, guys. I'm going to miss you a lot. (laughs) Devin says, oh, my emotions. I can't do this. Oh, my God. Let's go. (laughs) Vinny, good luck. I'm going to miss you, but I'm going to come bother you at your office just down the hall over there. You're always welcome back in Edit Z. (laughs) <laughs> Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> You're going to be my boss? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> That's it for us. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.